welcome back. We are, thank you for joining us again for um, our discussion of episode eight of season 46 of SNL. Um, to just recap a little bit about what Greg and I are doing here. Um, if anyone who knows SNL has watched SNL knows that the show gets a lot of bad, bad vibes, bad press. And it seems to have been like that in every single season. Um, and then it's not till years later that people look back and are like, that was really funny. You know, that was the start of so-and-so's. Oh, like, is SNL even funny anymore? Is yeah. Is it funny anymore? I don't I watch that. Like I would, I would go into work on Sunday and I'm like, or Monday, nobody watched SNL, right? And they're like, no, of course we didn't. You watch it? You like so watch nerdy. the show? Like I would stay up to watch it like when I was a youth and no one did that. And um, so what we're trying to do here is just like bring some levity to, you know, the critique of the show, I think, and just capitalize on the good things they're doing because at the end of the day, it's a fucking comedy show. and that's what Greg and I are doing. We're just nerding out to a couple of SNL nerds. I mean, look, everyone, about. you know, everyone out there, you do you, you know, yeah. if you feel like you really got to rip apart um, the SNL to, uh, to embiggen yourself, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it's just uh, that you do you, but uh, that's not what we're here for. But we hate you. And <laughs> we don't want to talk to you or, or hear from you. Right. Yes, exactly. I'm glad so, we could clarify that. Yes. Just so anyone who's tuning in who is not on the same page just knows we hate you right we are talking about last saturday's episode uh hosted by timothy chalamet well baby angel oh, and sweet baby, timothy. sweet baby timothy and uh musical guest was of course bruce <clears throat> and the e street band do they still call him the boss did they ever I don't, I don't know why he would not be the boss anymore. Right, right. That's stupid. Oh my God. I'm already showing my, my lamb colors. I, I'm really, I have a lot of anxiety about this Bruce Springsteen discussion because <laughs> I'm like very uncool when it comes to like classic rock and I, sure. yeah, well, just outed myself there, but, but we'll get to it later. Um, but do you want to start Greg with your top three moment of this past yes. week? My number three moment for this week was was the monologue. Um, I think we, we had talked a little bit about this um, last week of yeah. just we didn't totally know uh, what to expect from from Timothy Chalamet. Uh, yeah, I've certainly liked him in the movies that I've seen him in, uh, particularly uh, Little Women last mm -hmm. year was just like an absolute masterpiece, and he was great yeah. in it. Um, and it's just obviously the show always almost always has an actor or performer or something in the host's role, unless it's the occasional athlete or um, politician or whatever. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, there's just such a wide range of ways they approach it. Some of them have natural comedic skills. Others are just sort of, you know, they're stage actors and sort of they, they do their best to kind of be game and, and read the, the lines and, and all that kind yeah. of stuff. And then sometimes it's uh, the perfect combination. And that's what I feel like he really brought to this is that I don't, yes. I don't know that he considers himself comedic or was even attempting to be extremely comedic in a lot of these instances, but it's just the guy is clearly like a pros pro actor. And yes. it just really worked throughout the show, particularly yeah. in the monologue. And 
I, yeah, I'm the kind of person who watches the monologue, you know, if it's someone who, like you said, has never hosted before, is kind of like a, a lesser known actor, performer, and I'm always just so nervous for them yeah. because I don't want, like, I'm just so nervous and I don't want them to mess up and I want yep. them to get the laughs. And it was just really pleasantly surprising that, like, Timothy just kind of, like, hit everything really well. And like you said, wasn't overly comedic, but but I just thought the monologue was great. So, so get into it. And it's, uh, there's, there's been a number of people that have hosted recently that are just, they're clearly so thrilled to be there. It's like sort of a mm-hmm. Ryan Gosling when he shows up yeah. I mean, he's, he's got sketch performing um, experience, but he's just like clearly just having such an awesome time. And right. you know, when he falls apart in the middle of a sketch, it's, it's its own kind of charm. And then they can mm-hmm. team up for other things. I felt like one of the things that, Timothy Chalamet was doing especially in the monologue is that he had sort of like a low giggle working throughout the entire show but it never really like derailed him um and again not that we would be you know disparaging him for doing that either we've we're on record as saying as loving that but the fact that he was able to just like he was clearly having an awesome time found the whole thing really funny and was crushing all of his his lines um so in the monologue, first of all, we got to call out Christmas It's just so heartwarming. You love oh, to see it. Man, nothing, if in case you weren't in the holiday season yet, Christmas set. Yeah. Um, they went, uh, this is the second week in a row that SNL has called out past episodes in the monologue. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason Bateman was talking about the story with him and the monkey yep. last, last week. Um, and his mom was in the background of Massive Head Wound Harry, um, which is on, you know, the Dana Carvey Best Of um, DVD. It's my own, only way I, I sort of have any familiarity with this. Yeah. Uh, aired in 1991 from season 17, hosted by Linda Hamilton, um, promoting Terminator 2. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, of course, sent me down the sort of early 90s SNL rabbit hole as I was looking yes. this up. Um, Things that I love about this cast embodied in the sketch, we obviously have Chris Farley and Dana Carvey who are just right up there on the, on the Mount Rushmore of, yep, of greatest exactly. of all time. Um, I don't know if SNL performers find this a compliment or not, but um, Phil Hartman has always been talked about as this sort of like great you know, glue guy. He can mm-hmm. be like a great facilitator. Um, Kevin Nealon uh, is in this sketch and they, the two of them are just really good at that. They can be great game show hosts or, you know, waiters yeah. in uh, sort of explaining what's going on. Yeah. And they're both in this together. Um, and so just to give you a sense of, you know, we always, we, we champion the current cast, um, but, but there is some value in seeing what people went on to do after that. So just a Absolutely. little sampling of this, this cast. Yeah, um, and that's why that's why you're great, Greg, because I'm just like, oh my god, it's so funny what happened last Saturday. And you yeah. actually like we'll dig into the history and, oh, and you know it. some good stuff. Yeah. So just just a little sampling. I won't name name the whole cast, but uh Mike Myers. Ever heard of him? Uh ever heard of a little performer named Chris Rock, Adam Sandler, Julia mm. Sweeney, Victoria Jackson, Tim Meadows, David Spade. I mean, my God, it's just pretty loaded cast. Pretty, pretty loaded. Um one of the things that kind of stands out to me about this era too is that this is um, this is there's not a lot of breaking in this. This is a very like sharp 
um, sharply oh, executed yeah. um, era. They're all just coming out there and really hitting their marks and everything is very, um, very sharp and, and put together. Um, yeah, that's which a good is kind of interesting about, about that. So just quick little deep dive into the, yeah. into the early 90s. Um, then of course, I don't, I don't know if this is, has played into what made us quickly fall in love with, uh, mm. with Timothy as, as the parents of, of little boys, but he thanked his mommy. Uh, <laughs> imagine your son being on the SNL stage. I would hope that he would somehow make it about me. Yeah, oh, and, 100%. And, and Timothy did a, a nice little shout out to his mom who was there masked up in the audience, which was very, very sweet. Shout out to Timothy's mommy. Shout out to Timothy's mom. You've done great work. And yeah, it took me, I went in being like, all right, you know, like, well, handsome Timothy, we'll see what, what's going on. And like halfway, not even into his monologue, I was like infatuated. I'm like, right. it's all true. Timothy's a little, just a little treasure. And yeah, yeah I loved it. Well, and as, as we've said, just showing up and being handsome is enough for us, mm -hmm. but for us, to, yes, it is. <laughs> to have done that and been as good as he was, um, you know, he does the little, the little piano piece with, uh, with Pete Davidson. Yes. Um, the two of them would go on to sort of become this comedy duo. Um, yeah. For the night. I loved that. Yeah. Um, which is great. And I think we talked a little bit last week of how Pete is now sort of uh, a veteran on the show. And, yes. you know, I like the idea of that the two, he sort of took him under his wing or, they just sort of happened to get paired. I don't know what the what it was like in the writers' room, but just uh, great, great to see the two of them together um, here and throughout the show. Yeah, I mean, I love and I'm all for them using Pete as sort of just like a not a crutch, but just you know when he shows up in the monologue to sort, you know, he's going to assist the host, mm -hmm. like he's going to do a good job doing that, whether the host is struggling or not. And of course, you know. Timothy was doing a great job. So I just, the, the duo on the piano bench, I thought was really great. I like yeah. to think that maybe it wasn't even the writing that they just, you know, Timothy showed up and they hit it off that week and it just like yeah. really, it worked. That is also that. what I prefer to, to believe. Yes. So um, without right. any basis, we'll go ahead and say that's what happened. Okay. And yeah. that they're best friends now and we can hope to see them hanging out together. Can't wait. Can't wait. Uh, what was your number three moment? My number three was um, also at the beginning of the show, the cold open, which dealt with um, the coronavirus vaccine and its rollout um, starring, um, starring Kate McKinnon as Dr. Anthony Fauci and Heidi Gardner as Dr. Deborah Burks. Mm -hmm. um, and as Wolf Blitzer, played by Beck Bennett, refers to them, the American Gothic of the whole coronavirus situation, <laughs> yep. which was, was hilarious because, I, I mean, it was just a very, like, tiny throwaway line, but that's exactly what they look like. Yeah. And um, I thought Kate was great. I mean, Kate, you know, she's just fantastic at playing these, these male um, politicians and, you know, members of the, of the, um, the media and everything. And I kind of, I was really, I thought that her Anthony Fauci was reminiscent, A, of Brad Pitt's Anthony Fauci from the SNL stay-at-home episodes. Ooh. Also, um, of her Robert Durst, which I think she's only yeah. done once. Um, I think it was just last year, maybe the year before. But um, just this, like, really, like, gravelly kind of, it's, it's almost like, it's very, like, put on and a little bit fake. But I just, I thought it was delightful. 
Yeah, I don't know yeah. that she really looked or necessarily <laughs> sounded like Fauci, but yeah. what she did look and sound like was extremely compelling. Just this yes. like little, really exactly. looked like a little old man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was trying to look, I'm like, is it the nose that's off? Is it the mouth or the ears? And I couldn't really like pinpoint what it was that did look like him or didn't look like him, but it was it was delightful. And she's getting bras thrown at her. Yeah. Um, and that was great. And... Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. When the when the bras started coming out and they were like not landing as jokes, yeah, no. and the second one gets thrown, I was like, "This is the bra gag is not working for mm-hmm. the audience." And I really hope there's another like two <laughs> or three. <laughs> Maybe there were, and they were just like, "Don't throw those bras. <laughs> it's not working." Yes. Um, and I liked when when he know as you all know, woo spread droplets. Don't woo right. for me. Yeah. Um, and then there were just a lot of good one-liners in it. Um, Wolf Blitzer saying, it's just like the PS5. Everyone wants it. No one can get it. And if you're rich, you already had it a month yeah. ago, which uh, that's probably pretty true. And we can all expect to have the virus by 20, but about Right. Yes. So I thought that that was, that was, and again, we've talked, I think about, um, you know, how much are they supposed to do with the comedy surrounding COVID and yeah. this whole terrible national pandemic or global pandemic. And um, I think for one, they've, they've done a good job of, of picking out the things that are humorous. And certainly I think Kate and Heidi did a great job of, of their roles in the sketch. Yeah, completely. I think, I think we need to be able to, to laugh through the pain here. So yeah. obviously we're, uh, we're very easily convinced of the legitimacy of all this, but I think yes. I think you're right that it's they're they're really thinking about this carefully. Of yeah, three hundred thousand people in the country have died of this mm-hmm. thing. How um, we need to be careful, but um, you know I think they've I think they've they've struck the right tone really throughout this season on on all of that. I think so too, and they've really and you know I'll go on to talk about another Corona skit later, but I think what they do is they they make the comedy about the actors in the scenes and the ridiculousness of the, like these, these figures in, in our culture, they, you know, nobody's laughing about the fact that 300,000 people have died or that, you know, mm-hmm. you know, nobody's laughing about that stuff. I think they really do a good job of picking out the things that are either actually funny or maybe the things that nobody thinks about that we can laugh at under all this stuff. So there I has certainly been no shortage of just a wild cast of characters that have yeah. been trying to manage this uh, very serious crisis. Yeah. So I, I think they're well within their rights to, uh, to dive right. into You can't really make, at yeah. first. You don't have, they haven't had to like stretch too far to make this, these performances by these actual people comedic because they've been ridiculous. Completely agreed. Yeah. What was your number two? My number two was the Dion Warwick talk show um i one of the best ones (laughs) i was not aware of her of her twitter but i am very aware of it now i've been uh just absolutely wrapped watching um just the the complicated uh dramatic uh pageantry of of her uh of her family uh struggles and (laughs) squabbles and her uh sort of tweets at other celebrities and things like this uh, have just been uh, yeah. fascinating. I think uh, Ego Wodum, we've been talking about her a lot 
this season. And again, I don't, I don't know if the performers find this as, as a backhanded compl- compliment or not, but just like another real like Phil Hartman type where she can go out there and, and be the host of four different talk shows in, a, in an episode, um, <laughs> four different, you know, talk show sketches in, in a single episode and like really carry the thing in addition right. to having this, um, having this impression and the, the singing pipes to be able to. Yeah, she had um, a lot going on there. Just, she was going all over the place and she had to facilitate the interviews. And uh, so just, I, I don't think we've uh, been short on our praise for Ego Wodum, but um, this was clearly a, a showcase. Yeah, um, and Dion thought so too, reached out to her on Twitter and just said, you're a star baby, which yes, right. she is. Yep. And um, yeah, I feel like I feel like Dion tweeted a, a multiple times about it and how how much she enjoyed it. So, yeah, Ego did did awesome. And I saw uh, today uh, Dion uh, tweeted. I thought her name was William Eyelash. Yes, yes. <laughs> that's what I saw. But today. I do know her name is Billy now. <laughs> um. We're like we we know you did. Yeah, we we were willing to bet that you thought her name was William Eyelash. <laughs> And, and uh, Punky Johnson plays her niece, uh, Brittany, who is also a very active character in Dion's uh, Twitter thread. Which I um, didn't realize. I, I just assumed they kind of made that up. And she, like, they were yeah. like, oh, I'm like, oh, her niece, haha, is her publicist. That's, you know, that's cute to add in that sketch. Did not realizing, yeah, that is a Oh, no. A she's, she's very, uh, very active yeah. uh, in, the, in, in, the, um, in the ongoing uh, storyline uh, on that on that Twitter, and then there was a couple great um, guest appearances here. Timothy Chalamet yes. coming in as Harry Styles, just the way he yeah. entered, uh, got a huge response from the crowd. And, uh, and when he entered, I was kind of like in my mind for a second, I'm like, oh, that makes sense because they're the same person, right? Like, <laughs> just <laughs> like one's British and one's American, but yeah. they're the same. And I was like, that makes sense. And when he turns and does the, you could say, I. Uh, do it for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that is a, that is a professional, professionally trained actor knows yes. exactly the, the limit to which to, uh, to bring the, the cheese here. Yes, absolutely. Um, and there was just an, an endless amount of funny lines in here. Why is Wendy Williams being a bitch to me? <laughs> she started beefing and now she's acting like she can't finish. And the crowd is like, oh, <laughs> like this is actually a Wendy Williams crowd. Um, um, is that true? Do they have a feud? Her and when? I mean, I'm sure they do. You know, I didn't go far enough back in the okay. in the Twitter um, timeline to verify that, but everything else we can assume. Um, <laughs> everything else she's they it's they true. brought into the uh, into the show did have some sort of um, basis. She d- tweets that Chance the Rapper a lot. Um, her son yeah. uh, has a demo that she's been trying to get Chance the Rapper to uh, <laughs> to, to listen awful. to. She couldn't get a hold of her son uh, via text, so she was tweeting at him. Um, gotcha, as, uh, as any mom would do. <laughs> like, mom! <laughs> uh, just outstanding. Yeah, it was amazing. And then we had, like we mentioned, Melissa as Billie Eilish, which was a pretty spot-on yep. um, impression, you know, I thought. Andrew uh, Daismukes was in the sketch as the chef, um, yep. which was... Um, and I just love how she kind of like dances over, like puts one of like the, the appetizers in her mouth and just like, pretty good, thank you. And just like dances. <laughs> <laughs> and 
then uh, we had Pete as Machine Gun Kelly, who I'm not super familiar with Machine Gun Kelly, but I do know he looked exactly like Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. I was like, I have no idea who Machine Gun Kelly is, but I really trust that Pete is doing this Yeah, I've seen, I've seen photos of him and he looks exactly like him. It seems like this would be someone that would just like come through, you know, Pete's scene um, when he's, you know, not, yes. not on the show. Um, yes. So I, I trust that he knows what he's doing here. Yeah. Um, and plus the Chloe Feynman, Timothy Chalamet. Oh gosh. Yeah. For, can't, can't forget about that, which was, I mean, spot on. Like even when he came out in the monologue, I was like, oh my God, she has nailed that laugh. That really is totally. like his, his like throaty laugh that she has going on there. Um, and I loved Ego being like, okay, young man, that's enough. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I thought too I because uh, Chloe Feynman's done this Timothy Chalamet impression before and I don't think I was fully appreciating how good it was like you say until yes. he hosted he, I was like oh he does have this like running giggle going yeah. <laughs> at all times that is uh quite charming yeah loved that one that was definitely a, a big highlight of the show was the Dion yeah sketch uh what was your number two my number two was, okay, so the coronavirus, Arona family Christmas yep. was my number two. And again, I'm just going to put it out there. I think this is probably SNL's like hammiest take yet on mm-hmm. the, the COVID situation. And, you know, I've seen on Twitter and, and on the internet, rightly so, it's, it's rubbing some people the wrong way that they're even joking about this. But like I, I said just a little bit ago, I think they're within their rights to as a comedy show. And I think that what they're doing is, I think they're approaching it in the right way. And so I think everything I liked about this sketch had everything to do with the actors and the writing itself and nothing to do with coronavirus being a punchline, which it's really not. So I think that they, they do a good job sort of differentiating between that and like, this is, all our world right now is is this fucking pandemic and yeah. everything shitty associated with it so i think that it just makes sense to 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 talk about it and to make light of it in any way they can so that said the stuff i really enjoyed about this sketch first of all it gave me um it reminded me of like a vintage snl which i am not as like i have not watched as many like of the older snl seasons as you have but like just the costumes and like the very like sticky like um lines and just yeah. you know these like really kind of over the top references seemed very like I'm thinking what comes to mind is that sketch I don't know what season it is but they're in the hospital and they're bees and the bees are delivering a baby right. one bee is having a baby like yeah. just like very like very hammy kind of stuff so I liked that about it um I like yeah. that you're so true on that on that yeah on that point is that especially and part of what I think makes this work is how seriously they're all playing it. You know what I mean? Right. And, and I think this was one of Timothy Chalamet's like yeah. great strengths throughout is that he's like, I'm just going to play this as dramatically as I was like, I was just giving this script and they've got the dramatic like underscoring of the music and right. Cecily and, and Beck Bennett are like going, it's like over the top melodrama that I think would have made this worse if it was like oh this is all just some big joke it's like well no we're gonna, we're all professional uh comedians here taking this yeah. maximum uh and we're, yeah we're playing fucking coronavirus right 
germs yeah. were in these disgusting fucking helmets, which like grossed me out to no end the entire time. They just kept getting gr- like yeah. every time I noticed different things about them, they were grosser. And they were just like, yeah, this is what we're, we're doing right now. Incredible. Um, I liked that Andrew Dismukes made his um, like real sketch debut, I think, yeah. in this one. The first time he was on screen for more than a couple seconds. And I was getting a little bit of like a baby John Mulaney vibe. I don't know I if that was that. just yeah. appearances alone. Um, but but I, I liked that he was in there. That was great. Um, I loved Bowen Yang and Chloe Feynman as the herpes. I mean, I just thought, I don't know. I mean, it's just, it, it worked. I thought it was so silly and so funny. Um, just the fact, I mean, we obviously are, um, you know, hometown fans and I find myself like, I'm just rooting for the two of them so hard, but then they, so there's that bias coming in and then they come in and they're just like handful of lines here. Every single thing they said was, yeah, made me cry, cry laughing. Yes. Just, I just wanted to pop out of nowhere and say hello. Um, and then killed me Lauren Holt's line oh, I haven't met them even though statistically I probably should have I was like oh oh girl so much more true than we yeah. want it to be I'm um, oral and this is my wife genital <laughs> please call oh, me please Jen, call me Jen. <laughs> I thought yeah I thought their little their little thing was great super brief I love Melissa as Spanish influenza yeah <laughs> it's <so> ridiculous <laughs> give me a kiss I'll kill you um and then it was Timothy. I don't know if what his name in the sketch was. I, I thought it was Spike, but also my closed captions tried to tell me Scott. Either way, he was yeah. ridiculous as this like rebel son yeah. of the coronavirus family. Um, he had a, like a throwaway line about the, <laughs> the University of Phoenix in person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just killed me. Yeah, I thought, so I thought it was just a very over the top sketch and just a good way for like one of the first times for, or maybe was the first sketch that Timothy was in that kind of showed his, just sort of like his acting chops and how committed he was to this, yeah. to this show. I love that one. Yeah. What is your, what's your number one? I went with a uh, rap round table. Um, it, was, it was a good one. Another highly ridiculous yeah. and very funny one. This one that also went, was, uh, was pretty deep in the show. Um, so yes. maybe they weren't, they weren't totally sure how this was going, <laughs> especially yeah. because most of the punchlines are just Pete saying skeet as hard and as aggressively yes. and loudly as he possibly can. Yep. Um, but, uh, again, that's just, uh, we're the target audience for this kind of nonsense. Um, Absolutely. We've already talked a little bit about Ego Woman, Ego Wodum as Nunya Business, um, <laughs> the, the, the host of this, um, uh, and, you know, um, so we've talked about this before, but this is probably, I would, maybe we should go back and count how many times she's played like a, a news anchor, a talk show host, or some combination of that in the last month or so, um, yeah. that, that, that she's just clearly got the chops to be able to control the sketches like these. Um, she does, as evidenced by, well, go ahead, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Uh, this also featured uh, Questlove. Yeah. Um, from the Roots, um, other non-Roots related Questlove appearances that I like are uh, when he's on Drunk History as himself, yep. um, going through the, the history of hip hop mm-hmm. uh, and his cameo in the final season of Parks and Rec as Donna's brother, Lavandrius. Um, I totally forgot about that. 
comes in so and good. smashes the toaster. Yeah. So um, I don't know if we'll get get another opportunity to go go deep on on the roots and Questlove, but that's uh, one of my, my all time favorite groups. Maybe I've seen the roots the most most times total live in, yeah. in my life. Okay. They're just uh, and Questlove really is um, sort of a central figure to hip hop over the last call it. It, certainly the time he's been in in the public figure as uh, the band leader for for Jimmy Fallon but yep. um you know the roots were because they were a backing band always made them um a good choice for for rappers like uh Common and uh singers like Erica Badu and and other other people just kind of seek them out as their um backing band um he's been the music director for Jay-Z he's got um a late night DJ gig um, oh. at a couple places around New York City, like at Brooklyn Bowl. So he's just yeah. he's everywhere, and so he would, <laughs> he could legitimately be asked to appear on a show like this as sort of a a, a wise. I don't know how old he is, but a, a wise right. old uh, sage of sort of the state of hip hop and, and its history. Right. Um, so it's kind of funny because he works right down. Right. I just figured, yeah, he was sort of just hanging around 30 Rock and they were like, Questlove. Yeah. Can you come up here for a second? Because he, and I, I really just love when like a person come in, can come in and play themselves and have like, and just really carry it off, you know, like that. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, that's his whole thing is that he is like the sage of hip hop. Yeah. And so it made sense for him. I was, I'm not as cool. So I didn't listen to The Roots when I was young, but I remember Questlove first from like the I Love the 90s on VH1. Do you remember yep. those? Oh, yeah. I remember him as being like one of like the whatever you would call them, the talking heads. heads. Yeah. Yeah. In there. Um, so, yeah, I loved him on there. I thought obviously Timothy and Pete were great. Yeah. Guap Lord and Smoke Cheddar the Ass Getter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, Smoke Cheddar the Ass Getter is spelled with a dollar sign at the nice smoke so nice that's a, that's a good detail to call out i, I feel mean, like yeah like could i see this being like pete's career if he wasn't in comedy <laughs> maybe i don't know i would buy it yeah you see he re really knows how to embody it yeah um, i thought that was what was kind of interesting as i watched it a second time is that like the you know sort of the the classic um you know hip-hop sort of this is about the culture and it, it's bigger than just the music and um and the history and what it's based in um sort of crowd versus like the all right here's two like dumbasses that uh yeah saw something on twitter and now are like the most successful rappers right out there is just such an interesting conversation that they like legitimately get into <laughs> in this ridiculous yeah they sketch. do um that it's, you know, Questlove certainly is trying to be like, well, you know, there's room for all of us and it's constantly evolving and, right. you know, we should have, it should be a welcoming thing. And then it just devolves into him smacking the two of them with his, with his Afro pick and with the back of his hand. Yeah. Uh, I think it's probably, it kind of almost makes, they almost managed to make him and, um, or the version of him that he's playing and Queen Latifah look like elitist. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Even amongst these two uh, knuckleheads here. Um, so what, what are your influences? Um, I like Fall Out Boys. <laughs> I like Fall Out Boys. <laughs> I think it, it's, it's a little bit like, 
maybe not lost on me too that sort of Pete, I mean, Pete and, and Timothy are sort of the, this like generation of seemingly out of nowhere, you know, young stars in their cases, you know, of course it's very worth, you know, they live up to the, the hype because they're good at comedy and at dramatic acting, but you know, it's sort of like, they are these, like, who are these kids? Yeah. You know, sort of just like pop up out of nowhere. Yeah. I think it would be easy for like a, a seasoned actor to be like, who the fuck are these people? Right. Hey dad, can you come get us? Everyone here is super mean. <laughs> They're super mean. <laughs> I love when he's dan- and they're dancing too. Yeah. Um, like when Pete like breaks into like actual terrible singing yeah. and Timothy breaks and he has to like cover his hands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's just like dancing <laughs> back and forth, cover his side with his hands. Yeah. That was a good one. Loved it. Uh, so what was your number one? Well, maybe not surprising. My number one went to the weirdest little part of that show, which was the tiny horse sketch. Yeah. I mean, it had Timothy Chalamet, obviously. It had singing, Timothy singing. Mm. It was a period piece-esque set sketch. There was claymation. There was nonsensical tangents. And so it just, the whole thing was just, it definitely worked for me. Loved Tiny Horse. Um, it was reminiscent to me for, I don't think any good reason, except that it was another weird sketch with a horse, but it reminded me immediately of the war horse sketch from season 37 when these people are watching, do you remember the, the movie War Horse? Oh yeah. Right. I never saw it, but I remember it being a thing and it was based on that play. So it's this audience watching, um, a production of War Horse and like Jimmy a community Fallon theater production. in a community theater. Yeah. Yes. And the role of the horse, which is usually a four men manned puppet is taken over by Jimmy Fallon, like as this just like right. clip clopping horse. So for some reason it, it made me think of that and got me to go back and watch that, which was great. Um, it also uh, reminded me a little bit of Harry Styles mm-hmm. appearance last, last season when he does that song as AD Bryant's dog. Yeah. Um, just, I think it was just cause it was, just as ridiculous and there was this wildly famous young man sort of who's known for you know being this big talent sort of just evolving into this ridiculous cartoonish um song so i my favorite part of that of that video is when she it like cuts from her imagination of singing with harry styles to her just like singing and dancing to her, With her puppy, pug. Doug, yeah. and yeah. her neighbors looking in through the window. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. And I just, so it was completely fucking nonsensical. And I'm a sucker for that thing in, in movies that's really sad when somebody yells at an animal, get out of here. Yeah. You, you know, I don't want you. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, is heartbreaking and, and hilarious in this case. Especially um, when it's played by like a legitimately incredible dramatic actor. Exactly. You know? <laughs> That's what made it so funny was like, do you think Timothy would turn down this script? Probably not. If someone gave it to him was like, this is fucking Oscar bait, man. I mean, look, like, I'll it's take like it. just the guy is going to get a lot of gigs over his lifetime. So just yeah. pure percentages will say he's going to be in a number of really bad movies yes and you're right some of them are gonna have terrible scripts that aren't being played for last that will have lines like well i'm grown up ain't i 
you trust me with the hogs, you can trust me with the truth. <laughs> yeah, and he's going to act the hell out of it, even like if the script did. isn't very good, like he did in this. And yeah. I thought it was great. I thought it was amazing The tiny horse rode away on a horse. Yeah. At the end. I thought it was amazing. Tiny horse and AOC tie the knot. I loved it. <laughs> when that happens, because this is another one, when, which is common when it's this wacky. There's just like a lot yeah. of polite laughter. But when the tiny horse climbs on top of the big horse, there's, it sounds like one single person in the audience just like, ha! It's <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous. And him taking forever to run away because it's a tiny fucking claymation horse on the ground. And I, one of the reviews I read online was like, the audience did not know what to make of this. Like, yeah. what the fuck are you supposed to make of it? It's fucking ridiculous. Just laugh at it. It's so stupid. What are they trying to say? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not trying to say anything. It's fucking insane. And I loved um, whoever did the claymation on that little yeah. horse. It was great. I mean, that must have taken that person the entire week working only on that to produce, you know, the four seconds of claymation. Yeah. Right? Because doesn't Which it take, like, you know, a hundred right. hours to do that? And then I also read, and I don't know, I, I don't know the, the writer's name and I don't even know if it's accurate, but I saw on Twitter that the guy who does like those fake SNL cards, you know how they announce the, the date of the episode and then the host right. and the singer, you know, there's a guy who does like the fake ones of those. Mm -hmm. And it's always just like someone random with another like random singer. But anyway, that guy is apparently a writer for the show and wrote this sketch. So wow. yeah. So, I love it. Thank you to I that person. Thank you to that guy. Yeah. Sorry, we don't know your name. Um, but that was a little bit here after yeah. all this. I'm just uh, that was a good, that was a good laugh. It was a good laugh, and I'm gonna I'll go back and watch it again and again and laugh just as hard. Yep. Perhaps perhaps harder. Perhaps harder. Yeah. yeah. It just gets weirder and weirder. <laughs> well, uh, now that we've recovered, uh, yes. it's time to move on to our uh, segment. Did you know who the musical guest was? So Emily. Did you know who Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band was? Because I'm cool, of course I did, Greg. Nice one. Thank you. This has been another episode of Did You Know Who the Musical Guest Was? That guy's old as hell, man. Good for him. A lot of, I mean, not short on effort. No. That guy really no. can bring a good stomp. Yes. That's my musical right. interpretation. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, so good, good for effort. that guy. A lot of energy coming from his two um, songs. Doing so. it for the people. Oh, yeah. New Jersey. <laughs> right? New Jersey! I'm yes. Bruce! When I was a kid, just because it's like this time of year, yeah. I thought that the only thing Bruce Springsteen sang was the live version of Merry Christmas Baby because it was on every yeah. Christmas compilation CD my mom owned. Yes. So, sort of when he didn't sing that song i was like what are you doing here bruce a very special that's Christmas. your thing yeah um, she let you in her mouth <laughs> <laughs> that was good that was yeah. a good bruce impression yeah thanks yeah you're welcome um, <laughs> <Come on fertilizer. laughs> now you've gone eddie better sorry you've crossed over yep <laughs> it's okay it's all back. good um so and then our our faves the featured players they had some some good moments this week 
Yeah. Andrew Dice Mukes, who we've, you know, not been able to say that much about in the past couple episodes because, you know, ostensibly he's like carrying, you know, the the writing gig behind the yep. scenes. But he was in Coronavirus Christmas, as we said, the chef in the Dion Work talk show. And then he had um, a bit in the 10 to 1 sketch, was, which was the Sports Max yes. um, sketch, which I, I really enjoyed, actually. I felt like we got a little, we got a glimpse of him this week. We, we did. See, see what he can do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, mean, more. I, I mean, it's just like, I'd love, love to see him. Uh, yeah. Like I said last week, I hope uh, we get to see sort of like a fully fledged character from him um, yeah. this season as well to really see, uh, see the chops. That'd be that, great. And he like was, what we've seen could, so far. Yeah. You could tell he was timid, but not at all awkward. Like right. he, he was maybe, he wasn't, you know, going crazy. Yeah. But he, he had some pretty like straight lines anyway, but um, yeah, I thought he did really well. So nice job, Andrew. See him. Yeah, good job, man. Yeah. And then Lauren Holt, who's been, you know, giving a lot of, of great showings this year, yeah. was um, a contestant on the British Baking Show. And then she was also obviously in Rona Christmas. And then she was an audience member in the Dionne Warwick talk show. Yeah. Sitting in the, in the balcony. There's nothing under my seat. Right. That's right. I don't owe you anything. I don't owe you anything. <laughs> I, got a, I got a huge laugh from the crowd, too. I love that. Yeah. Um, and then Punky, our girl Punky, was oh, Punky. obviously, we, we talked about her, was Brittany, Dionne Warwick's niece, in that sketch. And then she was amazing as Queen Latifah in the Punky wrap table sketch. Punky is sharp. I think she's, she is. She must, like, memorize her lines going into these sketches or something, because it seems like she's just, like really executes even when they give her sort of these little things little cutaway lines everything is just really really sharp yeah i i agree with that and i'm just remembering now how dion warwick on twitter was just like ego wolem and that other young lady yeah <laughs> great job so punky yeah. got some love too yeah Not sorry you didn't me. get the direct shout out yeah. from dion warwick but but uh, it's it still counts yes you get the For shout sure. out from us yes yes you do Woo. All right, so next week is the final episode of 2020. Good fucking riddance to wow. 2020. Yes. Um, but exciting because it's Kristen Wiig, which yes. I'm just, I don't see how it could be bad. I think it's, yeah. even if it's ridiculous, it's going to be a lot of fun. And Dua Lipa is the musical guest, which. We'll have to sing see about that. Yes, we will. Stuff. <laughs> singing those songs um my lovely wife has uh i don't know if this is a spoiler or not considering i know oh nothing about what the plot of uh, the new wonder woman movie is i know i'm definitely going uh -huh. to watch it i loved the last one and yeah. it's coming out on christmas uh and kristen wig is in that movie which is i had no idea the, the timing here um but oh, she, we were the the trailer came on the other day, and she thought she spied Kristen Wiig like fighting Gal Gadot in the, oh. in the thing. So, and I've seen this elsewhere that there's speculation that Kristen Wiig is like the villain in the new Wonder Woman movie, which I have just interesting a million questions about. Um, I could see her. I I think she could definitely pull it off, but that would be that. We be have nice. faith. Yeah. We have faith, uh, but that's just a little, I don't know if it's a spoiler if I don't know what actually happens. So sorry if right. I spoiled. I mean, Wonder someone Woman out there has someone, to know. But, someone uh, has spoiled that if that's a thing already. So I think you're good. 
but I had no idea she was even in it. So yeah. that's exciting. I'm fired up. Awesome. Well, I think we covered it. I think we covered it too. Yeah, I lost, I maybe burned uh, 50 to 100 calories just uh, chuckling along to the just recap. Just by laughing. That's why, we, that's why we do this in part. Yeah. Well, yes, uh, we'll, see everyone, we'll see everyone next week. Stay positive out there. Thanks.